You're listening to Brilliant Breakthrough Podcast, episode number nine with Nancy Lucchese. Welcome back, small business owners, to the Brilliant Breakthrough Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Naraki. Thank you again for joining us, and hopefully the information here can benefit you and, of course, your small business. With that being said, this podcast goes hand-in-hand with a book that is finally released. It is Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner, Fresh Perspectives on Profitability, People, productivity, and finding peace in your business. You can officially find that bad boy on the Amazon platform, or of course, if you want to get yourself some extra bonuses along the way and to keep in contact with us, head on over to our bit.ly link, B-I-T period L-Y forward slash brilliant biz, B-I-Z book. And once you go there, you can also get 100 free tips to help your small business succeed in the 21st century. With that being said, we have an awesome guest on the show. She is a co-author of the book that is officially out now. Her name is Nancy Lucchese. Her chapter is called Unleashed Your Mind, Unleashed Your Growth. The best part is we talk about personal development, but most importantly, we dive into her small business, which is called Unleashed Mobile Apps. And fortunately, for being a part of this book and for building out the platform of this book, Nancy is her business basically helps you and I, small business owners, small and large, create an application for more exposure, to have better connection, and of course, to be more in the frontline vision of our business and branding to our ideal client and customer. So fortunately for us, she was able to build out an app for you guys to reap the benefits of. Along this journey, if there is an author or an idea or something that really interests you and you want to find out a deeper information, all you have to do is go to the App Store, either on the Android or the Apple platform, type in Brilliant Biz, B-I-Z, book with all capital Bs. You should be able to find it from there, and it's a free application. Download it. We have pictures. We have about the authors. We have all the fun things that we're doing to promote the book and to get it out there, and of course, a lot of free fun tips along the way within that application. So hopefully, you guys can download that uh, to give Nancy a little credit and, of course, to support the cause of spreading the great message of new perspectives, fresh perspectives for the small business owner. With that being said, let's dive into this chapter with Nancy, and we'll see you guys on the backside. Thank you for coming on the show, and uh, congratulations for being a part of the book. Well, thanks, Jake. Um, So in the beginning of your chapter, you open up and you say, as I grew up, I never gave thought to becoming an entrepreneur, but yet here I am. Obviously, this book is based off of small businesses. This book is based off of entrepreneurs, you know, growing and continuing to develop their businesses in the online world. And and so my question for you is, what did you want to be when you grew up and, and what allowed you to kind of swing into what you're doing today? I never really had a vision on what I wanted to be when I grew up, but I always leaned towards the medical field, believe it or not. Right out of high school, I became a x-ray tech and then moved on to special procedures, cardiovascular, and all of those things. And I always found myself being more of a teacher within that. While I was working at St. Luke's Hospital, I became the assistant instructor And then I moved into a position with GE Medical where I was teaching people how to use the x-ray equipment that they bought. And I I kept kind of developing and, and moving forward in that direction. But there was something 
uncomfortable. I wasn't sure what it was, but it had to do with not necessarily being the one in charge. I had visions and dreams of things and working for the larger corporation was a challenge. And then I switched over and I ran my own business in the insurance world for quite a few years, found that to be comfortable, and then made some other shifts after that. So becoming the entrepreneur and and being in control of things myself is what really jazzes me and being able to grow and watch it develop. It's kind of fun. And then I tapped into the small business owner because I really do believe that this country is founded on small businesses. That's what jazzes me is seeing these people flourish and blossom. Cool. Yeah, and obviously you're doing some great things to allow the small business owners to create uh, a voice in a very chaotic and loud market. And obviously all the co-authors of this book are, are allowing the small business owner, entrepreneur, uh, expand out of their means and, and create a bigger impact. Um, in, in your chapter, your chapter is called Unleash Your Mind, Unleash Your Growth. And the one thing that you talk about and you hit pretty hard, which I think is very true and needs to be talked about, is the classic, what is your why? Uh, first off, go into depth about it and and how did you figure out what your why was? My why kind of came to me as a gut feeling. And I took a look at what I enjoyed when I worked and what I did not enjoy. And I find that when I help people unleash their growth potential and see them just flourish and, and get it and understand it and embrace it, I feel amazing. And I like that. My big why is to be able to get up every morning and know what I'm doing makes a difference. And the small business person makes a difference, makes a huge difference. I like that. And I like that personal feeling. So my big why that gets me up every single morning is to feel that energy. Cool. And what do you say to the business owner, you know, kind of going into, because your, your chapter is layered pretty heavy with personal development. I That's my world. I love it to death. I, I totally uh, connect with it. But there are some individuals that, that may not have that same type of commitment or passion when it comes to their own personal business. And there's obviously, as you know, as a business owner and, and like myself, there's issues that arise from all different types and angles. And sometimes you're really motivated and excited and you wake up with passion. And then some days you just want to sleep through the day and you're just scared of how to make things work. Um, what do you say to that individual that's, that's kind of teeter-tottering on their why statement? They need to go internal and feel what their why is. And a lot of times, too, we have to reboot our brain. We get so involved in our business. We feel we have to do it all. We're very, very committed. And we feel that if we don't stay committed on that high, high level, that nothing will ever get done. When in reality, every now and then we need to take a step back and reboot our brain and start in again and be fresh about it. So sometimes our why gets clouded with mundane day-to-day tasks that we get wrapped up in. And so taking a step back and looking at why you're doing what you're doing will recharge you any day of the week. There is absolutely nothing wrong with a small business person taking a day off. It's okay. 
because of all the rest of the time that you're going to put into it and dedicate yourself to it. Yeah. Now, when you say a reboot, and it's easier said than done, of course, because like any of these books or ideas, you know, it, it seems very hands-on and easy to complete. What do you do to reboot yourself? When, when things aren't going the way that you want in your own personal business, what do you do personally and hopefully can inspire some of the listeners? I unplug the electronics. <laughs> all right. One of the biggest things, and I enjoy the outdoor. I love the beach. I love doing even simple little things around the house. Uh, my brain lately has been very uh, running on high octane, and yesterday I did something that was just very mundane. I, I put together one of those you assemble pieces of furniture. Nice. And afterwards, I was like, wow, okay, I'm ready to start again. Nice. So just unplug. Yeah, yeah. It's uh and, and you're right, there is this thing called grounding. Have you ever heard of it? Oh gosh, yes. I ground every day, every single day. Good. Otherwise I, I will float too much. Good. Yeah, explain to the listeners what grounding is, if you don't mind. Yeah, grounding is basically just taking a moment and physically connecting your feet to the ground and connecting your mind back into your body. I take a few moments every morning and I meditate. And meditation is a very powerful tool. And it quiets your mind. And by quieting your mind, you release the clutter. You ground down to the earth. And then you're able to create. You're able to do. You're able to expand yourself. But you have to sit in quiet for a few moments every day to start the day. That's how I start my day. Cool. Yeah, and uh, to, to go a little bit deeper, I guess the analogy of grounding is that uh, throughout our day, we, we kind of collect all these positive uh, ions, and to release them off of our body, um, you need to connect with the earth, and the earth uh, is like a neutral, and so it kind of pulls those positive ions away from you, and it especially affects individuals that are around electronics a, uh, a lot, and obviously that suits you because you are in the mobile app business. Um, give us a backstory on how you kind of a, stumbled into it and, and where are you impressed by the impact? Are you surprised that m more people are not diving into this space? And, and what are your thoughts and feelings on that? Yeah, I was actually brought to light on this through the gentleman that I use uh, to help me develop these. We partner together on this venture and he one day came to me and says hey I, I do mobile apps I'd been working with their company with uh, um, merchant services and and then we got talking and some things that happened within the business <clears throat> that we had to <clears throat> excuse me divide up the, the the divisions and so I basically said hey I'll take the the mobile app division because it just feels right and it was very jazzy to me and so we fell into it, and then I started talking to a lot of people about the mobile apps. And what has happened is that there's a, a, a misnomer out there that mobile apps are just for the big guys. And we have a platform that allows the small person, the small business, to be able to compete with your larger corporations. Your your Starbucks and coffee houses can compete that way, and Merchants can compete with the Amazons of the world by using mobile technology, and it really helps them stand out. So I have found a very good response from people when they find out that they don't have to spend $15,000 plus 
to put a mobile app together that they can do it reasonable, they can leverage their marketing, they can make it powerful, they can take their canceled appointments of the day and turn them into paid customers just through their mobile app and sending out a push notice. So there's a lot of really good things and I'm finding that the marketplace is understanding this once they've been educated. It is no different than when websites first came out. When websites first came out, people were like, oh, I don't need that, I don't need that. And now, would a business even open without one, whether it's brick or mortar or an online business? Yeah, totally. I mean, the impact of online is huge. And and I think a, a term that is gonna continue through this podcast is value, right? And you wanna give more value and deliver and connect on a deeper level. And truly, I'm not, I, I don't have any apps. And I know that there's a lot of people like myself that don't, don't even, even consider it because we just think it's so daunting. What, take us through the process, uh, the quick 101 on how you build out an app and, and to, to kind of open up the different ways it can impact the customer. You know, it's funny, you, you say that you don't have any apps, but I bet you you've used apps all day today. I you, have, yeah. You have, and 88% of smartphone users will use a mobile app over a mobile website in a moment, and let's face it, 90% of cell phone users are smartphone users. So people do go for the app because it is a one-touch button. If you're on somebody's phone, they can access you with just a simple touch. And to build out the app, it's all about content or copy and being able to put together a marketing piece that suits the individual business. Whether you're showcasing your product, we can have tabs on there to actually allow people to purchase products. You can have one-touch calling. You can use loyalty programs. They're huge. And who wants to carry around punch cards anymore? Or have you seen keychains these days with all the little uh, sports cards? So they can all be within the app. But what's even better is an app, unlike a punch card, has a back end that can collect the data so you can see who is redeeming your rewards, who is giving you emails. You can collect all of these things and use it. Same thing with the ordering tab. It doesn't just order. It's got a complete content management system that allows you to uh, manage that order to see when it was received, when it was filled, collect the person's information that they give you about the order. So a mobile app can do so many things. It can list events. People can interact. It keeps your customers connected. It allows your customers to upload photos if you want, to be able to say that they're coming to an event, to make comments, and to be able to respond. So there's so many different businesses that can manage this and leverage it, really. It's about getting your customers to keep them coming back to you. Give them the why they want to do business with you versus somebody else. It helps you stand out. Yeah, and I agree with you. You know, I, I'm look like you said. I mean, I've used apps all this morning uh, from buying things on Amazon or whatever because it is so convenient. You know, why go into your web browser on your phone when it's so small? Typing the exact domain, getting there, clicking on the small links when you can have a very nice, polished, laid out uh, platform, aka an app uh, that can deliver all that content for you. And like again, I mean, the value that is huge. If you let the customer know that you have an app that it's easy to do, that they can store it on their phone that doesn't take up too much space is is absolutely empowering. I guess what are the the results that you have found working with individuals over the last three years from um, uh, not having an app to post uh, having an app? 
Yeah, we have a couple of them that have really thrived. We have a small bar in a, a neighborhood bar here in a town that has several neighborhood bars. And he managed to increase his sales by 30% just from the mobile app. He wow. It's a little town bar that has a thousand downloads. It's just, it's amazing what he's done with it. He actually uses it for his dart league and keeping the statistics and people finding out where they have to be and, and managing the dart leagues as well. But it's brought in people to his bar to increase his bottom line. There's a bakery in another small town that we have here. And I remember adding a order tab on for her for special orders that show up to her as an email. And I walked in her shop and she's like, why am I getting 10 orders this week? Where did these come from? She, she didn't realize her daughter and I had done that. And it, it's kind of fun to see people magically increase their bottom line just by working their app. Now, I will have people that will tell me apps don't work. You know what? You got to work your app. It's like any other advertising. It's like social media, it, Facebook, LinkedIn. If you're not active on it, nobody's going to stay there and follow you. So if you work your app, send out your push notices, offer loyalty, give people a reason to keep coming back, it's, it'll be amazing what type of results you're going to get. We've seen businesses increase anywhere from 15 to 20, some even 50% of their bottom line just because they have an app now. Cool. Yeah, those uh, stories are impactful, and especially everybody thinks you know apps are for the big time pro companies. But you know, a small local bar that's competing with other local bars, you know, that's the difference maker. Um, to get a little geeky now, um, when it comes to apps, everybody thinks and technology is so daunting. It's so horrible. There's so much this and that, and logins and passwords and all of this craziness. Obviously, you provide a great service. You uh, assist the customer in making sure that they have a polished app from start to finish. They provide the content and you kind of build it out, correct? Is that kind of the, the beginning stages of app development? That is. That is one of our platforms. And another one that we have recently rolled out for the true geeky that can do their own website and manages a lot of things themselves we set them up on a skeleton platform and then they put in the content and they manage it because it is so simple. Okay. And it is something that I find when they do that, they get a lot more use value out of it. So I do have a platform to help the ones that are already technologyable or yeah, we plug and play it and then we teach them how to use it so that they can continue to do that. We have forums that we work with so people can bounce ideas off of each other. Uh, you're not left alone on this. We partner with you for, so that you can thrive. Cool. Yeah, and so the question I guess I have, if if I was pursuing it, which I think I should for my business after talking with you and the stats that you threw out there were pretty impressive. Um, so you provide like a login to a back end, and then from there it's basically type and drag and drop. I mean, very, very user-friendly. Yes, okay. yes, very user-friendly, drag and drop. Uh, there's even information on there to say your image size should be this your content should be formatted like this cool. and we even have a brand new tab right now that is just fantastic we're just rolling it out it's called a review tab because reviews now are huge where you want to have reviews on the on google you want to have them on facebook because people are looking at reviews about your business so it's a very simple tab that we add on and it just pops up like a smiley face or frowny face. You know, did you enjoy the establishment? But what's nice about it is if you hit the frowny face, 
it actually prompts the person to send you an email and you will get that email versus a bad review posted because of something that might have been able to be controlled. And then if they hit the smiley face, it takes them right out to either Google, Facebook, however you have it set up to do your five-star rating and then post a comment. Cool. So we're, we're finding that reviews are just one of the, the real core pieces to it. So we're always adding new stuff. Yeah. And I think you're right. I mean, besides just talking about apps, but reviews in general, um, you know, if you're a business owner, reviews are the lifeblood. I mean, people can find other businesses online very easily, but everybody wants to make sure that they're going somewhere that's trusted, that's reliable, that provides a great service, that does what they say that they're going to do. And if you have those those reviews, even testimonials in a video format or audio format or just even type format, it's very, very powerful. And I think you adding that is just going to help leverage those smaller businesses that have the app uh, to increase their sales revenue and, of course, exposure. Now, let's let's pivot here a little bit and kind of go back to the beginning of this, this interview here where we talked about personal development. And like I said, I'm totally into it. And the one thing that you say that I think applies to anybody that is listening to this and thinking, oh, it's overwhelming. I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. You know, I don't have the time. All that different types of stuff. The one thing that you kind of keep on bringing up is that you must change your thoughts, uh, kind of unravel that beast, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, changing your thoughts makes a, a huge difference. It's all how you look at things so that you can either make it powerful or you can make it draining. Uh, for example, one of the things that I always say is don't look at it as a cost. Look at it as an investment, not an expense, an investment. What is your return on your investment going to be? What is it going to do to help you take your business to the next level? One of the other things that I always tell people is do what you do best and then hire the rest. Think about it as another investment into your business where you're going to have people leverage the things that will take you 10 hours to do somebody can crank out in a half hour and get it better. Now, that doesn't mean when I say hire that you have to bring on all these employees. I'm talking contractors, experts, things of, of those natures. It doesn't always have to be that payroll because a lot of small businesses, there's there's a lot of tangling issues with payroll and they don't want to deal with it. So you don't have to do it. But the biggest, biggest one that I tell people is empower your goals and change the word goal to dream. When you dream, you dream big. And when you're dreaming big, you're pulled towards it. When you set a goal, you just meet a measurable spot. And I'm not saying not to, to set any kind of a goals, but change it to a dream. I often will tell people when I explain this to them that Martin Luther King did not stand up there and say, I have a goal. He said, I have a dream. And look at how many great things happened. Yeah, no, you, you nailed it. Um, you know, it's funny, in my personal development mind, I'm like scraping through and I'm trying to reason with you on the, the goal and the dream. And I think that everybody, A, like you said, needs a dream bigger because we short sell ourselves 100% of the time. Um, but the other thing is, is that a goal is nothing more than a systematical approach. But if you don't have that dream, big dream or the AKA, the why attached to it, you're not going to figure out the path that's needed. And a little spinoff and exactly what you said about, um, uh, you know, you, you can judge things as an expense or or what uh, expense versus an investment, and and walk us through I guess the the theory of the business owner that's thinking look. 
I'm really struggling with income right now. I'm getting my business going. There's a million things to, to purchase and all that stuff, and you want me now to outsource and hire people? What do you say to those type of individuals that know that great things can come out of their business, but their hands are tied in 56 different areas um, instead of focusing on their most powerful ideas or tactics or, or their true pa- passions or, or uh, abilities that allow them to excel their business? I tell them to think of a time that they did that in the past because too often we do things that work so well and we stop doing them. And I have them take a look at some area that they may have asked for assistance at one time. And I also remind them that that assistance does not have to be permanent. It can be just something temporary to get them through. For example, the business coaches are becoming very powerful these days. And there's a lot of people that think, oh, well, I know everything. Well, you don't know what you don't know. And I tell them to take a look at when it worked in the past and ask them why they stopped doing that and get them to think a little bit differently, to realize that they have to move forward and to also show them that working with me especially, you will get more in use value than you will ever pay me in dollar value. And that's something that they have to look at. And I also remind them that they are in business expecting other people to do business with them. Why would people want to do business with them? Well, because they're the expert in their field. Yeah, totally. Um, I agree with you 100%. And, and to hit it home personally, I just had an event and it went really well. But the bad part was is that I was hands-on 110%. I put up the drapes. I set up the AV. <laughs> I did the, you know, laid out the shirts. You know, I mean, just the most ridiculous stuff because I had this internal, this like, you know, passion of like, I can do this. This is mine. You know, this is my child. I need to see it through. And then at the end of that weekend, I was exhausted. I couldn't present at my highest level because I was just, you know, million things are crawling in my brain. And somebody came up to me and she's she basically said, Jake, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. You need to start getting help because you need to focus on the most important thing, which is your content because the content is going to create the biggest impact. Nobody cares about the drapes or all that stuff. You can hand it off to somebody else. And I'm like, you know, if I want to excel my business, my brand, I need to do that. And I think you explained in that chapter about the expense, investment of, you know, time and all that stuff, I think is super, super impactful for especially individuals that, that want to have their hands on every single thing. One other thing you said, kind of going off of the, um, the expense or investment, is that even something so simple as eating lunch needs to be thought of as an investment. <laughs> Why would you suggest that uh, eating lunch is an investment instead of an expense because you're investing in your health have you ever gone all day long and not really eaten and by the end of the day you're exhausted you sit down and have dinner you relax a little bit and then you go okay i've got energy now and then you can go play with your kids yep. it's even eating is an investment in your own health way way too often business owners forget to take care of themselves now i'm not saying that needs to be a 24 7 where all you do is think about taking care of your own health There has to be balance. And too often, small business owners forget about the balance. They run themselves ragged until something happens and they find themselves with either pneumonia where they have to lay in bed or they'll find themselves in a hospital just because they didn't take small steps to take care of themselves and invest in their own health. So that's why eating lunch is even an investment in yourself. Yeah. No, it's very true. And sometimes we lose focus and we want the quickest, cheapest, easiest thing. And obviously, when you start to categorize cheap, quick, um, and easy, 
it usually resides into things that are not the most energy-fueled food for ourselves. And it's just a great reminder to understand that, yeah, this uh, salad at Whole Foods is, is you know $36. I mean, obviously, that's extreme, and I'm joking around. But we can all understand that a really good, healthy, fulfilling salad is going to give you more sustained energy than uh, going to Mickey D's and grabbing yourself a $4.99 uh, you know, Big Mac and, and some fries. So, um, no, it's very true. And, and you know when it comes to money in the business, it, it, it affects us all. And one thing that you suggest, and we kind of talked about briefly, was the classic, you, you stated it, and it's a great kind of rhyme. Um, you are doing what you do best and you got to hire the rest. And give us a walkthrough on how do you find people to assist you in your business and how can people leverage the same in theirs? You know, it's kind of funny because I just did that myself. A uh, couple of things that I've done. One is that I've hired interns to help me with graphics and getting images to look good and putting together marketing material and those types of things. But even more so, I recently brought on a advertising agency to help me with my social media. Sure, I'm, I'm tech savvy. I know how to do these things. I completely understand it. Every business owner should understand the mechanics. Doesn't mean that they have to take their time to do it. And ever since I have brought on this advertising agency, my exposure has just exploded online. And it's because they do it consistently. I was doing it when I had a chance. They were able to pull and come up with a system and different, we call them buckets, of what to put out when and to get activity going. And that that's just one example where I, I did that. And the same thing with um, an attorney I just hired to help me with the rest of my contracts and forms and things. Because I was finding that, yeah, I can search online. Yes, I can put together a contract. Yes, I can do all these things. But why wouldn't I want to hire an expert? Why wouldn't I want to move forward? Same thing with the social media. I hired an expert. I didn't have some teenager manage my social media because that's, yeah, they know how to do it, but they don't understand business. Yeah. So those are just some of the things that I've done. So... It's your story is true, and and you you obviously have the confidence behind it. You've seen the impact, but walk us through the early stages when you're thinking, "Oh my God, I got to spend X amount of dollars each month on this, you know, professional company, and they're going to give me X results." Is it going to be worth it? Did you have the yin and the yang, the him and the haw? You know, were you kind of like, uh, is this going to be a good investment or a bad investment? What was going on in your own kind of mental chatter? You know, I did. And in the beginning, especially the first year when we stumbled through everything and I was the jack of all trades and master of none because it was challenging. I didn't just suddenly wake up one day and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. And it hit the ground running. A lot of trial and error, a lot of putting things together. And one of the biggest things I did is I educated myself and it was my whole entire learning process. So I didn't just immediately say this is what I need to do but it actually took my uh, good friend and, and now business coach to sit down with me one day and and explain how an investment in me is just going to come back threefold and to look at some different things that I could possibly outsource at this point and yes uh, everybody has to p- take a look as to whether or not they can afford to do this or not but then the question comes in, what is going to happen if you don't do it? What are you leaving on the table? 
And so it, it took some enlightening. I did not just all of a sudden have all these brilliant answers. I have the bruises to prove it. <laughs> um, you, you talk about in your chapter that you outsourced uh, with some interns and stuff. There's a lot of free help out there. And obviously, when you, you bring in free help, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, first of all, where did you find interns? And second of all, do you have any suggestions for people to kind of train those interns to get good at their craft? Because after all, you want them to help you, not to hinder you. And in that process, you need to invest time for them to understand exactly what needs to happen for you to succeed and for them to get you know great praise. Yeah, I actually outsourced a service to help me find the interns and do the advertising. I, one one thing about outsourcing, I think a lot of business owners are afraid that it's going to cost too much and they let their minds wander. You have to find out. I was amazed how much this gentleman is charging. It's not much at all. Same thing with my social media manager. It's not much at all compared to the bigger scheme of things. Just same thing with app development. People think that they're ridiculously high. Well, sure, you search the internet and that's what you're going to find, but you need to do your own resource and your own research on it. And so I work with this gentleman to help me find the interns that go through a uh, database in the local college area. And then we interview them and narrow it down. Now, I've let interns go because it wasn't working well, and I have others that I wish never left. And I do take the time to educate them, but I find that the colleges do a pretty good job with what I need on getting the basics done, and then we just add our real world to it. In fact, some of the relationships that I've made with my interns while they're still in school, they've called me and asked if I can be their marketing uh project that they have for their class. And in return, then I get things like newsletters and blog posts and stuff like that. So you need to find a source that will help you narrow down who's the right person for you. And then you do have to invest a little bit of your time to transfer your knowledge into them so then they can let it explode. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, connecting with uh, colleges in your local area, um, you know, we live in the Milwaukee area. Unfortunately, there's a great, you know, art and design school uh, at our fingertips. And and for the individuals that feel like, oh, I, I have no resources, I have no connections, you know, you need to go out there and you need to ask and you got to contact those colleges because there are kids that need to enhance their resume, enhance their portfolio, whatever it may be. And I know that if you're in the business world, you need to be on social media. And with social media comes pictures and blog posts, all those things Nancy is saying. And so Nancy, for you in particular, what has been the biggest impact on your business? Um, obviously, you create apps for people and you have an app of, of you know, of, of doing all different types of you know creative things. But where have you found the most success on a busy, crazy, uh, outlandish online world? Well, I've done a lot of networking as well. So it's about being hands on as well as being online. And I'm very active in LinkedIn and in Facebook. And I've found on Facebook a few networking groups. Now, you have to be very careful and discern what works and what doesn't because there are so, so many people online that only want to help themselves. They only want to sell you something. And it's it's just like going to a chamber event. The guy that walks up to you and says, hi, I'm so-and-so. I do this, 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 this. Can I help you? And you're looking at him going, your name again is? It's about relationship building. And whether you're online or face-to-face, -face, you have to build relationships. So I've joined a couple of groups that we then help each other 
with building the relationships. And it's it's been amazing, but you have to discern which groups to be in and which ones not. Again, it's back to making sure it feels right for you, making sure your time is being invested correctly, and making sure that everybody's objective is aligned. Yeah, cool. Uh, great tips. And I think, uh, like you said, networking is still the most powerful tool out there. Um, if you're not doing it in your business, you're doing yourself a disservice because when you can meet face-to-face, the impact is real. It's honest. You get a good vibe. And from there, you can build a great relationship. Online, it takes time. You have to, you know, just think of uh, an ad campaign on Facebook. You know, you got to keep on putting yourself in front of that person time and time and time again until they finally are going, oh, you know, who is this guy about? What are they doing? And then they finally click after you spent all this money as opposed to you going out and networking and, and making great things happen. Um, Nancy, you, you share a lot of great wisdom in this book, and I think you pull a, a, another great nugget out of a classic, iconic story that uh, maybe a majority of us know or some of us that don't know. Um, in the book, Three Feet from Gold, Three Feet from Gold, Turn Your Obstacles into Opportunities, the author speaks about seeking counsel, not advice. Why was this impactful, and why did you have to share this in your chapter? That was pivotal for me. When I read that book, there's so many things that, lit up for me, and especially seeking counsel and not advice. In the book, it talks about a gentleman who was uh, digging for gold. And in the end, spoiler alert, he finds out that he was three feet from it and he gave up. And it was because he was seeking advice from friends and family and not seeking professional counseling. And so I've looked at that in my own world And you can sit around the table and ask, hey, what do you think? What do you think? And you're going to get everybody's opinion based on their own agenda of what they think is best for you. I would rather seek counseling from somebody with some knowledge. For example, I've I've hired the attorney to help me craft my terms and conditions and contracts that I need to have going forward. And I've sat down with an accountant and said, okay, financially, where do I need to go with these things? You need to seek that because then you're going to get the authentic advice that you need and not just somebody's opinion. And to me, that was pivotal when I started going to the right sources to get the answers I wanted, not the answers I wanted to hear. I've been able to move forward. And even little things like joining network groups, you can get everybody's opinion on it. But until you actually find the spot that resonates with you and seek the counseling of saying, okay, do, should we go in this direction or that direction, it, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 110%, especially like you said, you start asking people that that are not in the business world or entrepreneurship or know anything about this or that, and you just start asking you know, little questions, and those ideas of, oh, I would stop, or it's ridiculous, or it's a waste of money, they start to snowball in your head, and reflecting back, control your thoughts is really, really crucial in making sure that you're around people that support you and, and motivate you and want bigger and better things for you, because otherwise... Otherwise, majority of the population is against you in some regard, as in they, they want you to be safe. And when you're safe, that means you're not growing. And when you're not growing, you're not living your passion, your why, your dreams, and, and achieving all that jazz. So, yeah, awesome, Nancy. Um, I guess in summary here, a couple of things before we wrap up. Number one, how long would it take the average small business user to create an app start to finish with you and your company? If they 
start working with us and get us the information that we need. We can assemble everything and get it ready and up on the stores within 60 days. Well, nice. And that would be obviously on uh, both marketplaces, Android and uh, Apple? Yeah, there's actually even some new ones, too, that are coming out that people are not aware of because they don't always fit every scenario. But uh, Android is huge. Apple, we have just found out, has made some significant changes, and we are Apple-approved developer, and that that's huge because not all small developers like that are getting that uh, distinction. So that that is good. There's also a thing now called the private app store that you would use for uh, areas where people don't want the app to actually be public, for example, a school, they may want to use that app to coordinate events and work with parents and things of that nature, but you don't want to have that out on the store for just anybody to download or a corporation that needs something on an internal level. And then there's this other new thing that's being developed right now called a progressive web app, and we do offer those right now. What's nice about the progressive web app is that it's not on any of the stores and it doesn't take up a lot of space on your phone. So your customers can have that without having to look at their phones and go, okay, well, I've got only X amount of gig left, and what am I going to delete today? It, it takes up very little. Good, good, and that's uh, reassuring. And also, too, reassuring that obviously you're, you're on the trend of the new technology or the new um, you know, pluses and minuses with each company or each platform, and to hear that you're Apple uh, certified, you know, that's reassuring for individuals to invest in making sure that they're getting a good product for their service because, as we know, I mean, you can find anything online, but it's really hard to find something really good. So um, we appreciate the hard work that you invest into that. And where do you see apps in the future? Obviously, your hands are on this day in and day out. What what do you think the next big thing is? I mean, talk about dreaming here. Where where do you think we're going um, in the next five, 10 years? I, I think we're going to start to make some things obsolete and apps are not one of them. And just to tell you how much I believe that apps are huge, Google actually uses it in one of their algorithms and people with a mobile app move up more organically on uh, web searches. Uh, the more downloads you have, the more organically you move up. And that says a lot if Google is looking to add that into their algorithms. And I do think that things like progressive web apps are, are coming to be able to reduce the amount on the phone. And interactions are going to be just explosive. And who would have thought that we can now look at somebody on the online and have a conversation? I mean, that's Back when I grew up, it was called the Jetsons. Who even thought of that? And look at where it is now. So I know I just dated myself, but uh, it's, it's all right. Hey, I, I know what the Jetsons are. I love it. I love it. I love oh, it. Good job. Yeah. Um, no, that is that's an interesting uh, conversation uh, to have because when you do hear Google doing some major things and, and moving people up, depending if they're using their app or not. I mean, it just shows you, like you said, the impact and uh, and everything is turning into apps. Apps on the car, obviously, apps on all the mobile devices, but you know, um, you know, apps on uh, TV screens. I mean, it's really coming a part of our lives. Um, and you know, it, this maybe is the year for us to invest in expanding our brand, our small business, into creating an app. So, uh, Nancy, I, I love it. I, I thank you for the the information. And and do you have any last words of wisdoms for the people that are on the fence and thinking, look, I have X amount of dollars to spend either on creating an app and expanding my brand or putting it back into my business and doing X, Y, or Z. What would you say to that individual that's kind of him and hawing on, uh, on wanting to do this but doesn't know if it's right for them? 
I'm going to quote Einstein. Don't try to solve a problem with the same mind that created it. Don't continue to do the same thing and expect different results. If you want to grow, you've got to think out of the box. And I think that they need to take a look at that and decide if their dollars are better spent growing or maintaining their business. Everybody's at a different point. So I, I think that it's one of those things that people need to take a look at. And you're really, again, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, no, I, I think you nailed it on the head. Um, a lot of people are caught in this rat race of just keep on posting on social media or keep on blogging or just keep on you know, putting the coupons out there. But this is totally something new um, and, it, and it attracts so many people because like you said, I mean, how many people are using uh, apps or smartphones? What did you say, 90% of the market? Yeah, 80, 80%, 88% of the smartphone users are using mobile apps exclusively. They don't even go to mobile websites. Wow. And about 90% of the population have a smartphone. So cool. It, you, you can market to people in the palm of your hand. It, it just it amazes me. Cool. All right, so I got one more question lined up for you. But before we do, where can people connect with you, find out more about your company and all the great things that you're doing? Yeah, you can find us online at unleashedmobileapps.com. We are in Wisconsin, but we have no borders, so we can work anywhere anywhere in the world. We even have a spot on our app that can do language translations, so it, we're, we're very adaptable, but we're just at unleashedmobileapps.com. Cool. And the last question I have for you, as you know, this book is called Brilliant Breakthroughs. What was the biggest breakthrough for you, uh, either personally, business-wise, or just overall wellness? My biggest thing was when I read Three Feet from Gold and realized that I need to have a dream and I need to live it and I need to focus my thoughts around bringing that dream to life. So my, my breakthrough was just to start looking at things differently and not in the same old manner that was no longer serving me. And that's the other thing. I release things from me that no longer serve. Cool, Nancy, and I think uh, you nailed it on the head. Uh, easier said than done, but if you keep on checking your thoughts, uh, great things can happen. Uh, I love, I love your, I love your business. I love your ideas. I mean, really, it's very enticing, even for me. Um, after speaking with you, obviously, you and I have connected a couple of times, uh, but every time I'm like getting another uh, closer and closer to that uh, to that vein of gold, uh, aka the app business. So I appreciate you very much. I thank you for coming on the the Brilliant Breakthrough Podcast, and to uh, all of our success in the years forward. Thank you. Thank you, Jake. Thanks again to Nancy for coming on the show. And if you want to get in contact with the other authors of this great book, download our free app. Go to your app store within your device, and it's for Android and or and Apple. All you have to do is type in Brilliant Biz, B-I-Z, book, Brilliant Biz book, and download it, check it out, see if it applies, check out all the great authors, and find out all the fun things that we're doing to promote the book. And also, too, if you want to get yourself 100 free small business tips to help your small business succeed in the 21st century, all you have to do is go to our bit.ly link. That is B-I-T, period, L-Y, forward slash, Brilliant Biz book with capital B's, Brilliant Biz book with capital B's, and also to the book, Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner, Fresh Perspectives on Profitability, People, 
productivity and finding peace in your business is officially live. Head on over to Amazon, check it out, buy it physically or download it to your Kindle device or other e-reader. And of course, once you read it, please leave a review. It'd be greatly, greatly appreciated. So with that being said, I appreciate you. Thank you for being a part of this journey. And to more wisdom and small business help along the way, create a brilliant breakthrough in your business today. And if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave a review. Everything that you guys do for us is truly, greatly, genuinely appreciated. Take care. We'll talk to you in the next episode.